So we begin by introducing ourselves and uh, some of us do not know some of the others of us. So uh, if you could just introduce yourself and let us know where, where you are and very briefly, if you want to uh, say hello in some special way, please feel free to do, do that. So when, when you speak, please just place your palms together so that we know that you would like to speak. Oh, I, I am Angio. I'm here in State College and uh, welcome everyone. Hello, I'm Rich in Olean, New York. Good to see you. Jim and Brenda from Baltimore. We're friends of Brenda and Dominica. Hi everyone, I'm Laura. I'm Max and we're in Julian at the Zendo. Good morning. Good morning, this is Brenda. I'm in Reedsville, PA. Good morning, this is Domenica, and it's so nice to see our friends Jim and Brenda with us today. My name is Nikolai, and I'm in Silver Spring, Maryland. David? I'm David. I'm in uh, sunny Florida, where we are disappointed to have not received the forecast hurricane this morning. <laughs> I'm new to uh, the Sangha, and I hope to learn many things here. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I want to preface my remarks today with this caveat. Uh, I'm going to be speaking about concentration, dhyana, which is one of the paramitas, or perfections, bodhisattva perfections. And what I have to say is my best understanding of this paramita. In fact, everything that I share with you uh, is my very best understanding. 
um, it is not the only understanding that you can uh, have access to. It's just one of many ways of entering this path, of traversing this path, and of achieving complete realization as a human being. So please just, um, what I'm going to talk about today may be a somewhat different slant on concentration that you may have heard uh, in the past. Um, and I invite you to take what you find helpful and leave the rest. So this is, this is my offering, uh, but you need not um, take it whole. <laughs> Just take it uh, as it is helpful. Take whatever it is that's helpful. So I hope there's something that's helpful um, so that you don't spend the next uh, hour or so um, wishing you were uh, walking in the woods. So, Diana, concentration. How many times have you heard people, for example, tell children, concentrate as i as i indicated in my subtext of this uh this week's announcement of service concentrate now you know, get your mind to this um and as a matter of fact you may have said that to yourself as well concentrate concentrate made Put your mind to this. And sometimes this practice of concentration is regarded as, you might say, a training. Uh, do this. Do this now. And in, in our practice, we often hear that described as mind training that concentration is training of the mind. I almost included as the subtext, instead of concentrate now, P now. It's almost like potty training. This is, this is what, you know, sit on this, this potty and pee. Sit on this cushion and concentrate. Well, I think there are certain meditation practices which are considered training the mind. Our practice, the Soto Zen practice, is much more than that, much deeper than that. It isn't about mind training. There is a sense that if we don't somehow get this mind under control, that we train it, that something horrible is gonna happen. Like if we don't train this young child to sit on the potty, that he's gonna, he or she is gonna become some sort of beast. <laughs> there would be like 
totally uncontrollable, uncivilized. And we have this sense that maybe if we don't control our minds, if we don't figure out how to train our minds, our heads are going to explode. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. And that's based on a fear of what we'll find when we actually open to the contents and to the, the movement of our minds. As a paramita, as a perfection, concentration is completely natural. We do not have to train for it. I watch my cats. I don't think Miso and Mochi have to train to concentrate on a chipmunk that's scurrying around. It's completely natural for them to be very interested in that chipmunk. And they're not just interested mentally. They are interested with their entire being. Watch a cat watching a chipmunk. Their whole body is into it. And even their tail is going like this. They are really concentrating. And it's a whole cat experience. It's not just mental. They're not, they don't have to be trained. The bodhisattva, and we are all in that state of being if we allow it, if we allow it, we have a natural curiosity and interest in the world. We don't have to be trained to concentrate on what arises before us. Only if we're afraid of our own minds do we feel we really need to train them. Why is it that we often say that I can't concentrate? Well, perhaps you've lost an interest in the world. And maybe you have to take a look at that. Maybe sometimes we say that, well, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to put my attention to that because it's beneath me. <laughs> like washing the dishes. Yeah. I got to get, get that over with. I don't need to put my whole being into that because that's beneath me. It doesn't deserve my full presence and my full awareness. Or 
it may very well be that the demands on our attention are so numerous that it is hard, really hard, to pay attention to anything, to any one thing. And this is certainly true, that we are assaulted by claims on our attention. And so we may just kind of surf, <laughs> not concentrate on anything because there just seems to be too much for us to pay attention to. We have this um, so-called disorder called attention deficit disorder. <laughs> I actually think that's very healthy. I don't think that's a disorder at all. Somehow people think that they should be able to do a hundred different things and multitask. And if they can't, they're disordered in some way. I think that's a healthy sign that you have this deficit. It's not a deficit at all. It's just the limits of human capacity. So I want to draw a distinction between concentration and focus. On a, on a kind of different level, you can train your mind to focus. That is often called in meditation practice, one-pointed mind. So you're meditating on a candle. You're trying to focus your mind on a candle or you're trying to focus your mind on your breath. Just keep that mind focused on your breathing. Or you might be given a mantra to focus your mind on. And this is a training process. Just keep, keep putting that kid on the potty and saying, P, P, <laughs> P. And eventually, I guess, the kid pees. And eventually, maybe you can focus better. This is a common meditation technique to learn how to focus. My understanding is that that's not concentration. There's a difference between focusing and concentrating. In focusing, if we just use the mind and the stream of thoughts, that we are, people are come, always coming to me and Mado, 
I can't control my mind. My mind is so busy. Uh, I don't know, just, just bursting with ideas. And you know, we call it monkey mind, just jumping from one place to the other. How can I tr control my mind? I very rarely give any techniques for doing that because that's not the deepest practice of concentration. That is like taking this beautiful river stream of consciousness and damming it up so that the thoughts back up and are sort of held in abeyance until eventually they burst through. Because you know, every, what is it? Every force meets a countervailing counterforce. Or it's like taking that river, that beautiful river of thought and what are they, locks, you know, that you have when permitted, permitting boats to go through. There are locks that close <laughs> and then, okay, a boat goes through <laughs> and then the locks, okay, I can let that thought go, but the other thoughts I have to hold back. And then I'll open the lock and let that other boat through. So it's very much a practice of control, of control, of, of having these techniques for controlling your mind. In Soto Zen, we open up the gates, take the down away. We're not afraid of the mind. We're not bothered by the thoughts coming and going, just streaming through. Actually, it may be very helpful to allow those thoughts, all those thoughts, to become, to come into your awareness. It may be very healthy and helpful to allow all your thoughts to become objects of your awareness. Because only then, only when you exper fully experience the busy mind, that it becomes very clear how little it deserves your attention. Only when you allow that busy mind to present itself fully to you, May you become aware of how little it deserves your attention. We're not afraid of it. Our practice is called shikantaza. That's the Japanese term for just sitting. No method no technique, no training, just sit down and be available. Be open to the whole show, your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations, 
to become friendly and familiar with it all. It's not, it's not a training in the technical sense that we tend to think of meditation. It's a practice of full presence. It's a practice of full presence. So that when we practice just sitting, allowing, open, we can also just drive. We can also just eat. We can also just speak. We can also just walk. We can also just hug. We can also just go to the bathroom and just do that. Openly, freely, without feeling there's something we have to control. There is nothing we have to control. There is mostly what we have to allow or we are invited to allow. So our practice is to become, to become truly fully what we are. Beings who are in the world in a liberated way, meeting every circumstance, every being with wisdom and compassion, openly, not, uh, not wondering, are we, you know, you're, when you meet someone, uh, you meet them there. You're not wondering, am I, am I with my breath? <laughs> you want to be with the person. You want to be with the experience fully. You don't want to be feeling constrained. I mean, saying you don't want to, you can want whatever you want. But I'm inviting you to consider the difference between training in what I'm calling focus as, not as opposed to, but as different from concentration which has less to do really with the mind. Concentration really has very little to do with the mind. It actually has to do with the whole being, much more body, emotion, connect, sense of connectedness, becoming intimate with your experience. It's not about figuring it out or funneling your attention into one point. There may be uses for that, for that one-pointedness, no question. There may be uses for that training, no question. 
but it is not a paramita. It's not the full perfection of concentration. It's a limited form of concentration. I want to share a, what would a Dharma talk be without a story or two? These are two little stories um, that arise out of the practice of Kyudo, which is the practice, the way of archery, which is one of the various ways, ways, capital W, uh, that are Japanese in nature, but which are also deeply spiritual practices like karate do, the, the way of karate, or uh, kado, the way of flowers, chado, the way of tea. These are all ways like zendo, the way of zen. Um, these are all ways of full realization. There are many ways to access liberation and they're called does well this is kudo which is the way of the archer the way of archery and there is a story of a young very accomplished archer who won many competitions and of course wanted to show his skill and visited a Zen master who was himself a master archer. And he demonstrated, he demonstrated how proficient he was in archery by setting up a target, very distant target and hitting the bullseye first shot. But not only that, he hit the arrow that hit the bullseye first shot. Pretty impressive. And he said to the Zen master, well, how can you, how can you beat that? Actually, there are some stories where, and I'm sure Angyo has stories of karate do masters who have done remarkable things but <laughs> there's there's a story of a, a zen master who, who was able to shoot an arrow through a light bulb without breaking the glass i'm a little skeptical about that but <laughs> but this these are the these are the stories so the zen master said Oh, I'm very impressed. Um, yes, I, I, you know, I'd like to respond. And he didn't draw his bow. He just encouraged the young archer to follow him up, of course, the mountain. <laughs> we always have a mountain. And um, followed up right to the top of the mountain. And up at the top, there was a large chasm and there was a log that was um, 
over the chasm. And the Zen master very slowly and gracefully walked across that log, right standing right in the middle above this deep chasm, took out his bow and shot at a distant tree and hit it. Slowly and gracefully, he returned to the mountain and, and invited the, um, the young archer to follow him and do, this, do the same. And the archer st stood there in terror. He says, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not standing above a chasm, uh, no less trying to shoot an arrow <laughs> off that. And so the Zen master said, well, you seem to be very adept at the technique of shooting the arrow, but not so good at the mind that lets the arrow loose. That's the difference between focus and concentration. The, one of my favorite stories about my, my lineage teacher, Kobenchino Roshi, who was also adept. In fact, he was a master of Kyoto, Kyoto uh, at archery. As a matter of fact, Coben, uh, you might, I might mention, Coben was the teacher of Steve Jobs. And if it weren't for Coben, Steve Jobs might be a Zen monk because that's what he wanted to be. And Coben discouraged him from being, becoming a monk. He told Steve Jobs that he should, he should become a businessman because he had very great things to accomplish. Prescience of, of our guiding Zen teacher. But anyway, when he was alive, Coben was invited to Esalen, which is a spiritual center in California, offering lots of workshops and classes and home to many great spiritual teachers. And Coben was invited to give an archery demonstration. And he invited his archery teacher from Japan to accompany him to Esalen. And they set up a, um, a target on a, right at the cliff uh, of the Pacific Ocean, it was overlooking the Pacific Ocean, and uh, set up a target. And from a great distance, Coben's teacher, who was named Shabata Roshi, uh, drew his bow and, of course, hit the bullseye and demonstrated his great skill. And then he handed the bow and arrow to Coben, and Coben was invited to show his skill. And Coben took the bow and arrow and calmly and carefully notched the bow, strung the bow, 
and let the arrow loose. And it flew up over the target, up over the railing on the cliff, into the Pacific Ocean. And Coben said, bullseye. The difference between focus and concentration. So now is 